Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. My, my name is Rich Rogue, and this is my wife, Marlon. Uh, we've been married for 32 years. We've got three grown children. <laughs> Woo, yeah, three, three grown children, and uh, we've been coming to Branches now for a little bit over a year. Uh, we started coming September of last year, and I just want to say what a blessing it's been to become part of this church family, and we're just really grateful uh, to be here. Um, we were asked uh, today to light the Advent candle, and we didn't hesitate to say yes. I was raised in a Lutheran church, and uh, confirmed there, and my wife Marlon, uh, shortly after we were married, got baptized into the Lutheran church. And for Lutherans, Advent is a really big deal. I think they claim ownership of it sometimes. Um, but yeah, so we didn't, we didn't hesitate to say yes, and you know, it's an important part of the liturgical season uh, that we're familiar with. And it's just really nice that uh, Branches is, uh, is observing this tradition here. Um, so happy to participate. We've got memories of all the uh, Advent hymns and gatherings and responsive readings that we used to do. Um, and besides all of the corporate uh, fellowship and worship that we did, it was also impressed upon us that Advent is really a time for personal reflection and preparation as we await the coming of the Christ child, the advent of the Christ child. Uh, there, there's a hymn that we're all familiar with, Joy to the World, and one of the lines in that says, let every heart prepare him room. And that really is kind of speaks to what we should be doing during this, uh, this season of the year. Uh, although we know that it's not always easy, at least not for us, things get very hectic and uh, in our house a little bit crazy um, during the Christmas season. So we do have traditions that we've established around Advent, and one of them happens to be the wreath. We also have um, devotionals that we, that we have, and uh, an Advent calendar, maybe you've seen those with the little door and inside each one for the day of Advent, there's some scripture, and if you have kids, you can, you can get them with candy, and those are all good reminders. But um, really for us, what we try to do uh, this time of year is take time to slow down and find some quiet time for ourselves where we can really um, reflect on not only the miracle of the birth of Christ, but also our need for a savior, to be saved, to be forgiven, and to be restored from our sins. So that's really what you know, we, we find Advent to be all about and, and what we're called to do. Our verse today kind of reminds us of that, actually verses, I'm going to, uh, to read some scripture uh, to you, and it really talks about why God sent his son, the real reason uh, for that. So I'm going to go ahead and um, read it. It's actually from uh, the book of John, chapter 3, and we're going to be reading verses 16 through 21. So beginning with uh, John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. 
All those who do evil hate the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But those who live by the truth come into the light so that they may be seen plainly that they have done what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Uh, here ends the reading. So we're going to go ahead and light the, uh, the first two candles here, representing the first and second week of Advent. Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you. We are so grateful that you came to us as the light of the world. Lord, I pray that you would fill our hearts with light so that we can see things the way they really are, and so that we can know that true peace that surpasses all understanding, which is something that you alone can give. And that's my prayer today, Lord, that we would all have peace, peace from stress and anxiety, especially this time of year when things can seem to be magnified and get a little crazy. I pray that you would free us from worry so that we can focus on you and prepare for your coming. I pray for peace for our friends and family that have health issues, and we know way too many people in that situation. I pray that you would surround them with your comforting presence, that you would give them strength and protect them from discouragement. And Lord, I pray for peace for those who are in conflict or maybe experiencing broken relationships, that you would give them healing and restoration. Lord Jesus, we thank you for every good gift that you've given, every blessing you've sent, and all the forgiveness you've given me that I did not deserve. I pray this in your holy name. Amen. Okay, so I would like to bring up the children, elementary children and Anyone that's younger than elementary even, come on up. I'm inviting you up to be a part of this message. So exciting. Either stairway is great. And then find a comfortable spot over here. Pillows, blankets, get all snuggly. I'm going to be sharing with you something very important By the way, I teach third grade at Kenosha Elementary. Woohoo! And I, this is, these are my people. This is who I work with. I'm really comfortable working with the littles. You guys are awesome, but these are my people. <laughs> okay, as they sit down, um, good morning. It's so good to see all of you. All those smiles. So, Today, I'm just going to share a quick message about measuring God's love. There's a verse that I really like, and it begins with, for God so loved the world. And I was thinking about this, this verse that I know some of you know and you've memorized, and I was wondering just how great is God's love, and could we measure it? Can we measure God's love? And I see some hands, so I'm going to be asking you some questions. This morning, I brought several things that we often use in measuring things when we are at home. I thought they might help measure God's love. So I'm going to start with this measuring cups, these measuring cups. Does anybody know with a raised hand? I'll call on you if you have a raised hand. If uh, what we do with a measuring cup. Oh, look at all these hands. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm just going to start picking a couple of you, okay? Oh, I like this hand right here. You measure things. Do you know what you measure? What do you measure? Right here. 
for baking. Um, okay, what do we bake? What do we bake? What's our favorite thing? What's your favorite thing that you bake? Donuts. Well, one more time. Donuts. Is d- what else can we bake? Cookies. Is that one? We could try that one. Okay. Cake. We could bake cake. So you're right. And, you know, when we use a measuring cup, I really pay attention to making sure I have the right amount of flour, salt, and I have the right amount of sugar to make it taste good and water so it's not too runny. So I really use my my measuring cups to help me be accurate. So I'm wondering if I can use a, a measuring cup to measure God's love. Well, the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. My cup runneth over. That's in Psalm 23, and maybe you're familiar with that verse too. But the key part of that verse, my cup runneth over. His love for us runs over these cups. His love is more. So I I don't think I can use a measuring cup to measure his love. I'd throw it, but then I might hurt something, so. I'm not going to do that. Okay, so I brought something else to measure God's love. Can you guys say tape measure? Yeah. What do what do I use? To, what do I? Why do I have a tape measure? What do I? What do you think I can use a tape measure for? Oh, you're gonna go. Over, yeah. <laughs> I'm making you work for this. <laughs> Measuring something. Okay, good. Uh, uh, using it to build something. Okay, maybe build. Using to, using to like measure if you were building something like the size of planks of wood or something. Okay, I got two hands up here. You could measure wood. Measure wood. You stole mine. Oh. <laughs> so, so cute. Yeah, so someone had said building something. So we might use a tape measure to measure the length, the width. So everybody say length, width. And sometimes we use a tape measure to measure our height. Don't you like to know, like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm growing. Let's see if I have grown an inch. And so we measure our height. Wonder if I could use, I could measure God's love with a measuring tape. Well, I always refer back to Bible and verses, and guess what he says in the Bible? The Bible says God's love, are you ready for this, is higher than the heavens. I'm looking up, and I think that's pretty high. And then I look at the sky, and I think that's really high. And then I can't imagine past the clouds, and then higher than that, and then I don't even, heaven, what? His love for me is greater than the heavens. I don't have enough measuring tape. It's not going to work. Can't use it. Can't use it. So Psalm 108, 4. It's, on, it's pretty quick. It's on the, the wall over here. It says, if God's love, the Bible says that God's love is higher than the heavens. So I'm going to reflect on that. And I know if God's love is higher than the heavens, I can't use measuring tape. I got one more thing. We also can measure time. I have my, my cool watch here. And maybe this morning, some of you are going to use your watch 
to measure how long my message is, or even Pastor Boog's message is. But I wonder if we could use a watch to measure how long God's love will last. Do you think his love for us will just dis- like go away like the hour that we are here? So, and I think, I, I think all of you kind of are getting it now. I don't, the Bible is where I go now to see if, if this time thing, I can measure his love with time. And the Bible tells us in Psalm 103, 17, it says that God's love is everlasting, never ending. You don't have to worry about an alarm. Okay, God's love's over. Never. It never ends. It's everlasting. So, back to my favorite verse. And you're welcome to say it with me. We'll say it slowly. It's Psalm, I'm sorry, it's John 3.16. And here we go. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. How can we measure love like that? These things aren't going to help us, are they? No. So we can't measure God's love, but we do need to experience it. So my prayer for you today is that you may understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love, his love really is for us. I pray that you are going to experience that love. And it is so great that maybe some of us, we may never fully understand it. That's okay. But no, boys and girls, that we can have eternal life. You know what I love most about this? I love that I, don't, I didn't need to earn it. I didn't need to earn it. I'll say that again. I don't need to work for God's love. I don't need to earn it. It's not like chores. It's not like vacuuming the house. I don't need to earn it. God loves me. And I love that. So we can have eternal life. Um, if you could remember one thing today, everybody say one thing. One thing. This Christmas, that God's love for you overflows, is higher than the heavens, and his love is everlasting. Can you remember those things for me? That's the one thing this Christmas. Can you remember that, that he loves you? Okay, so I'd like to pray real quick. You guys do it in your way. Maybe you fold your hands. Maybe you close your eyes. Or maybe you just keep them open so you can think. Maybe you look up. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for your love. A love so great that you gave your one and only son so that we could have eternal life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, so I'm going to keep this short for several reasons, but not because that the message isn't good, um, but because um, there's really no reason for it to go much longer. 
We have been talking about the one thing about Christmas, and the, the children's sermon, well, let's face it, the children's sermon is probably the only thing you're going to remember this Sunday. A children's sermon is much like the way we try to describe it. It's like a good Disney film or a Pixar film. The kids love it, but the adults like it too. But the hope here is not so much that you'll like it, but that the kids will understand it and the adults will understand it. I hope this doesn't offend you, but when we are putting together sermons or messages, we pretty much gear them towards kids. If you came with us to seminary, then they gear it another way, and then everyone's confused at seminary. But when we really understand it, messages are kind of simple. And the message of Christmas is simple. It's one thing. And we talked about that last Sunday. We're going to talk about the following Sunday. We're just going to keep talking about it. It's that God loves us recklessly, but we don't really believe it. And we talked this morning about measuring God's love. You can't measure it, but you can see it. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning, because love can be seen. And at Christmas, it's a time where we step back and we look at this, because we need to see it sometimes. If somebody just tells you, I love you, you're like, oh, that's great. Can I see it, though? Because love is really only love when it's in action, Right? I mean, let's be honest about that. Like, if we don't see it in action, then we don't really believe it. And um, my wife takes these pictures of me sometimes, and I don't know they're happening, and then after they get posted, for those of you that are social media people, I feel really uncomfortable and awkward. Um, one of the things that we do is we have to go up to, to UCLA and I have to do all these clinics and doctor visits and tests and poking and prodding. And um, we go and we visit uh, the ICU where I was. Now, when I say that, it probably sounds just like it looks when she posts it. When she posts it, it's, it looks like, well, it looks like this. Oh. And then and there's like a halo around me probably. And it's filtered just right so the lighting hits me. And, and people are like, oh, what a loving guy. Look at his care and compassion. Look how he loves. Dribble, dribble, dribble. Tear may come down. But that's not what's really happening. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's really happening. Because I don't know this photo's happening. So I'm going to take you without the filter. The filters come off. The uh, Photoshop disappears. The lighting is just white light. What happens is by the time that we finish with all the stuff that I've got to do for myself, I don't want to do this. In fact, I'm kind of hoping most of the time that Steph doesn't even bring it up. Like, oh, we've got to go up to ICU. Kathy called. There's a few patients that could really use some encouragement. I'm hoping it doesn't come up because I'm so tired and exhausted. All I really want to do, what I want to do, is just go home. I just want to get in the car, and I want to say, Steph, you drive. I'm just going to lay back, and I'm just going to, you do all the work, and I'm just going to sit here whine and complain, and we're just going to drive home. And so we get in that situation, and then she brings it up. Oh, we should go. And I'm like, ugh. And I try not to make it look too obvious, because um, I like to fake it a little bit in front of her. And then we, we go up there, and I don't want to do it the whole time. I don't want to walk back in that place. I don't want to see the hoses. I don't want to see the pain. I don't want to be reminded of that. But yet I still do it. We still do it. I don't think she really wants to do it either. I've never really asked her. But love is not a feeling. Love is a decision. 
And the reason that we decide to do it is because we know what it's like to be in that situation. And we know what they need. And we just found out this last time we went that I can say things that doctors can't say. I don't know why the doctors don't say it. I wish they said it to me. But we can say things that they can't say. For example, I said, look, man, there was a guy, Andy. I said, Andy, if you don't get up and walk, you will die. They won't help you. I said, I think they said something kind of, sort of like that, but I want to make sure you hear it. Because I know what I wish I had heard. I know what I needed to hear. And the cool thing is we left and found out the guy got up and started walking. He was like, let's walk. And then he got his transplant like four days later, which is awesome. But it's not because I felt like doing it. It's because I knew what he needed because I was in his position. And I wasn't sure if anybody else would do it. That's what love is. And so when we look at this verse, on 316, that we see, we hear, and we kind of forget, for God so loved us, he knew our need, and he knew no one else could meet that need. What we needed from God, no one else could provide. And so he did it. For God so loved that he gave his one and only son. God loved us that much. He knew what we needed. It wasn't just a feeling. And you know what? The Bible is clear about this. It makes it clear he didn't feel like doing it. Did you ever think about that? It wasn't like, this sounds like a lot of fun. Let's do this. That's why he said to his father, Father, if there is another way, Let's do that. But not my will, yours be done. Because love, and we cannot forget this at Christmas, love costs. It does. And he gladly did it. He didn't feel like doing it. Nobody feels like sacrificing, do we? After we, you do? It's good to know. What can you give me? But yet when you do, there's something that's right about it. We talk about this Christmas spirit, and some people mock it, like, oh, the Christmas spirit, whatever. It's about the Holy Spirit. Look, the Christmas spirit, we, we, we never defined it before, but we all kind of know what it is, right? Because we know when we do something that isn't the Christmas spirit. We know what the Christmas spirit is, and it, it is this idea of giving. And I know that you probably assume that when you come to church, they're going to go, this giving, it's consumerism, it's gotten out of control. Yeah, probably. But... We're not going to tell you not to give because that giving, this giving that's, you know where it came from, right? It's a reflection of people stepping back and seeing what God has done for us. The one thing for God so loved, he gave because that's what love looks like. It's, it's visible. It can, be, it can be seen. It can be experienced. It's love in action. And because of that, because people experience it, they're like, well, I've got to do something else. What do people need? And what will someone else not do? I want to do that. Now, true, it gets out of control. Like, for example, at my house, we got something for my niece, and I don't know if she really needs this. And I'm pretty sure someone else would do it, but it's this cat that just keeps making noises, and it's still talking in my house right now. Like, I don't know what, we honestly do not know how to turn it off. That's not the kind of giving we're talking about. It has evolved into something like that. It's not bad. What matters is where it comes from. But this shop that we're doing out here, we're trying to be laser-focused with it. We're trying to be very simple and direct with it. When you go out there to those tables, the people that are running those tables, 
They know a need. They've seen it. They've experienced it. And they're not sure if anyone else is going to meet that need. It's a reflection of what God has done for us. God saw our need and he met our need because no one else could do it. And so in each of those, those are, our, those are our partners. We believe in what they're doing. And so they have items to sell because we told them to. We've done it before where we didn't have anything, but they're there because you've got to go buy things for people because it's Christmas, because you love them, or maybe you feel like you have to. Well, I don't give them that. Whatever the reason is, hopefully you'll bring it back to the core of what it's all about. You see a need, and you feel that need because you don't know if anybody else is going to do that. And all of them, we ask them to bring something so you could give something tangible to someone, to your niece, to your nephew, to your uncle, to your aunt, to your parents, to your kids, to your brother, to, to your neighbor, to your coworkers, whatever it is. But we also have the elementary kids in here with us for a reason, and the junior high and the high school kids, because we want you to go with them. And when you go to those tables, we don't want you to just look at the items. More importantly, we want you to ask them, wait, tell me about the need, and tell me how you're meeting it. Because maybe something more important is gonna happen than just you walking away with a little baby outfit or some jewelry or a really cool branches mug. Maybe you're gonna walk away and go, wait, this is a need? I didn't even know this was happening. And maybe something's gonna happen inside of you. Or maybe you're thinking, wait, why isn't that table here? I should have done, I, I'm involved in this or I should be involved in something that's not here because nobody knows this need. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna close this in prayer. There's no music afterwards. There's no big thing. That the, the takeaway is we want you to go out there with your family. Now let's be honest, your family's gonna run away from you. They'll only come back, if you have kids, they're only gonna come back when they want money. Don't let them just buy things. We want you to take your kids and let them hear from the people at these tables. We want them to learn about the needs. Because these kids can meet those needs. So I'm gonna pray for us, we'll go out. Father God, I pray that you would continue to help us every Sunday, every minute of this month to see you and your love in action more clearly. For you so loved us that you gave. Father, give us eyes to see. We ask this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen.